All right, welcome everybody back. If you're joining us once again, we are Retired Out Army Podcast on all things podcast, Spotify, uh, iTunes, and we are also on the Reads Across America radio network at 11 p.m. on Wednesday evenings. You can catch us there. Um, be sure to check it out and support them and support us, and we appreciate it. So this week we're going to dive into five things we wish we did earlier on in our career. And we're just going to kind of riff back and forth. Uh, five main topics. We may have a bonus one in there. We'll see how it goes. But uh, welcome back, Victor. Thanks for, for rejoining me again. It's all awesome to be here. I appreciate every time we do this. This is amazing. It feels really good. So yeah. let me just dive in with my first one, I guess. And that was the Warrant Officer Packet. Dropping the Warrant Officer Packet. I, mm -hmm. Looking back on it, I dropped it pretty late in my career. And I think if I would have dropped it when some of my friends dropped their warrant packets when we were still on active duty, um, you know, many, many years before, uh, I don't know what the course correction would have been for that because you never know what life's going to throw at you. But if you're thinking, if, if you're enlisted now and you're thinking about going down the career path of officer or warrant officer, uh, I would definitely do it earlier than, than later. You save yourself a lot of grief. You get in a little bit earlier so you can handle some of the uh, the physical constraints that you have to deal with when it comes to those That's things. Right. <laughs> uh, I, I don't know about your your warrant officer yeah. schooling, but we had yeah. a guy in our class was like 58, I think he was. He was like oh, man. The, the oldest you could possibly be, and he, he made yeah. it through. But uh, you definitely want to get in early, and uh, yeah. that way you can also set yourself up for <laughs> getting those higher ranks later on in your career if you go 20-plus years. So Now, how, how soon can you apply to be a warrant officer in the Army? So Is there last, like a time frame? Yeah, last I checked, uh, and right now, I, I you know, it's not only is regular retention down, but you've got uh, retention for those warrant officer positions. You've got retention for officers because people are just getting out. There's a lot of good jobs out there and you know mm -hmm. we'll probably discuss that in the next episode as far as uh, the benefits and things like that but um, at the time when I did my packet it was 2009 a couple years later I actually sponsored uh, one of my friends who was an E4 at the time kind of groomed him for the warrant officer thing and right. we put in his packet and just because he had done the basic leader course whatever it's called now for mm -hmm. the E5 rank uh, but he wasn't actually an E5 um, he was able to get on through with his packet and made it in and, and pinned warrants. So I don't know what exactly right. it is right now, but. All right. Yeah. So like in the, in the Marine Corps, I put my packet in probably about 14 years. I put it in 13 years in the Marine Corps and, uh, probably got selected in about 14 years. Um, so you can put it in as early as eight years in the Marine Corps. That's subject to change based on different uh, orders that come out from uh, from higher. But uh, when I applied, you can be a sergeant, at least a sergeant of eight years. Normally, those folks don't get chosen because they want you to be like a SME and a subject matter expert in your in your field. Uh, so normally, they choose somebody a little bit more seasoned. But um, yeah, that's probably something I would have done too in earlier in my career because. Um, as I look back on it, I talked a big game about it. I talked a lot about it. I'm thinking about doing the warrant officer thing. And it wasn't until my wife was like, you just shut the hell up and just apply already. I'm tired of hearing it. So I'm like, all right, might as well just apply. Um, you know, and I was surprised uh, at the outcome. So yeah, that that is definitely one thing I would have done earlier in my career. I just didn't know what my career was going to entail. I didn't know if I was going to stay in for the long haul for 20 years. But once you hit that 10-year mark, it's kind of like 
might as well go all in and do the extra 10 years, right, to hit that 20-year mark. So then I really started thinking about it. You know, should I do the warrant officer thing? I know I didn't really want to go straight officer because then I'd have to start from the bottom again and work my way up. And I knew enough warrant officers that I, I kind of, uh, you know, I respected those ranks. So uh, I think I made the right decision. But I, I definitely would have. I agree. I would have done it a little bit earlier in my career if I if I uh, if I could do it all over again. Yeah. And the next thing, actually, it's a really nice dovetail leading into that as a mm -hmm. second kind of pin is uh, going and taking all the crazy schools that you can possibly take uh, as soon as you can <laughs> in your career. Yeah. I don't know oh, what yeah. kind of schools you've taken. Mm -hmm. I did try to go through like airborne and things like that, but I just never yeah. got the opportunity to go to them. But if you if you want to do those crazy schools, do them as, as soon as you can. That way, later mm -hmm. on in your career, you're not trying to go at 30, 35 years, trying to go to like airborne school or whatever school yeah. you want to go to. So when, when I re-enlisted the first time around, there was an incentive for re-enlistment. There was <laughs> um, five spots open for that year for airborne, right? Like, I guess you would go with a um, in, into an army school, I guess, I, I assume. I didn't get all the information. I just saw that the, the career plan mentioned that there is an opening for that if I wanted to apply and then that'd be an incentive because, uh, you know, the Marine Corps doesn't really give bonuses or anything like that. You know, the, the right. bonus is being a Marine and calling yourself a Marine, right? As the, uh, the commandant says, but yeah, I never actually got that. I mean, they, they filled up so quick and I reenlisted so late in the game. That wasn't a choice for me, but I agree, man. If, if you're going to go to like one of those crazy schools, like, you know, there's, um, MARSOC, you know, Marines, uh, special operators, you're definitely feeling your knees, your hips, you know, you get a little older there. You, as I found, as you get older and higher in rank, you kind of, there's almost like a pyramid, right? You kind of like work your way to this top and then you, you don't have a lot of choices on where to go from there. Um, at least for me, that, that was the way. So I couldn't have gone MARSOC or anything like that when I was the chief warrant officer because I was needed in my field. They were not going to release me to do that. Right. So yeah, I definitely agree. Do it, get it done earlier, like a uh, water in, instructor or get your B bills done earlier because it, it, it definitely sucks once you have a whole family and a life and then you have to take care of a lot of other things uh, to focus on something outside of that. Yeah. I agree with that. Yeah. And that's, again, that's even the warrant officer schools or officer schools that the candidate schools, it's really, yeah. it's a big, it's a big commitment of time and, and effort oh, yeah, and energy. It is. So, it is. you know, I don't know about for, for the Marine Warrant Officer School, but we, we literally had like, you know, 35, 36 days and half of that time we had zero contact with our family, no cell phones, no yeah. nothing. Like, yeah. I'm sure it's a little bit more lenient now, but yeah, mm -hmm. do, do it early as possible. I think for us, it was like four months. <clears throat> it was four months. So if you went regular officer, it'd be six months. If you went Warrant Officer, it was four months. So, but... You, you can't have your cell phone out in the field with you or during exercises, you know, field exercises and things like that. They tell you not to have anything like that on you. Um, you know, during the night times when you go back to the, uh, the barracks or the, uh, you know, your, your quarters, you can have that stuff on. You can contact your family. But, you know, for the most part, yeah, you're away from your family and stuff for about four months. It sucks. <laughs> yeah. Um, and... Another one is start building your VA claim portfolio. I call it a portfolio, mm -hmm. but that's really what it is. You're, you're gathering documents, you're gathering uh, diagnoses and different things for ailments as you go through your career. Instead of waiting to the end to do all that, as you're going through your career, if you're at the 10-year mark or if you're at the 15-year mark or wherever you're at in your career, 
take some time to block off and, and set aside and grab those documents and gather all that stuff together so you're not digging around mm -hmm. and fishing for it at the end. Just like if you're doing an eval, right? You want to set milestones and markers along the way so that at the end of the 365 days, you've yeah. got a big collection of things that you can choose from to put on your your evaluation. You want to do the same for your VA. Just consider it like an end of career evaluation. That's right. So I, early in my career, I was not big on that until I saw my leadership start retiring and then they're scrambling to get all these things in place, you know, like, oh, I got to go to medical. They're scanning like freaking books of medical documents. And I'm like, what? I'm just the uh, the silly little Lance Corporal E3. I'm like, what's what's happening here? You know, <laughs> um, and yeah, that's that's that should be taught from the leadership perspective. Like, get your yeah. crap done earlier. Unfortunately, sometimes they don't talk about that because, you know, you're not always around folks that are retiring. But yeah, I agree. Get get your stuff and set a maybe a, a calendar date by the end of the year. I'm just gonna you know, get all my documents. You know, you can always request your your medical records from VA. Uh, now it's all online, right? There's all to, hmm. there's different services. There's different uh, portals you can log into and just download that stuff and just keep a running log of all that. You know, save it in the cloud, save it in the shared drive. Uh, things like that, because it definitely helps out in the end. That way you can just review every year because sometimes your medical is not perfect. They're going to lose your stuff or sometimes some things don't get documented and uh, not until it's too late. You can't access that doctor anymore to ask questions. Hey, why wasn't this note put in there or that doctor's out of the Navy or whatever? Um, so, yeah, yeah, good idea. You know, every year probably keep something like a running uh, calendar date where you review all your stuff. And then uh, I, I'd also say, don't be afraid to go to medical if you're hurting. For many years, when I was a, a young Marine, I was toughing it out because it was um, kind of looked down upon to go to medical. You know, like, hey, look, culture, um, right? it, it is, it is. You know, for how many years did I just like hike up these hills in the back of Camp Pendleton? And I had, uh, you know, stress fractures. I had um, compartment syndrome and I was just toughing it out until... I could not feel my legs anymore you know, from the knee yeah. down. And I'm like, yeah, something's wrong here. And the doc is like, yeah, uh, if you continue this, you're going to have permanent nerve damage. I'm like, shoot, you know, um, and they asked me like, why, why didn't you come to medical earlier? I was like, uh, you know, I just didn't think it was that serious. And the doc is like, well, it is, you know, come to medical. But yeah. If you feel like you're hurt, man, go to medical because that stuff gets documented and you can't claim something that you didn't document on the, on the, at the beginning. Right. So definitely. You know, don't be afraid to do that. You know, ask your command about it. And funny enough, it's you get a you might get a lot of flack from your command or from your leadership, but mm -hmm. nine times out of ten, the doctor is actually going to take the opposite side of that argument and and tell you things like you should come in and we need to reschedule two weeks for a checkup and things like that, where yeah. your command might not do that. So it's in your best interest to to, to document things either way and. Uh, I like what you said about putting a calendar reminder in there. Like yeah. that's that kind of like my guiding compass for, for yeah. my day and my year is if it's not on my calendar, it just doesn't exist. That's and right. That's it's right. been many times where I wake up and I totally forget that I have to do something and it's because it's mm. not in my calendar. So yeah, the, the way I look at it is a, um, a hensley and physically healthy force is a strong force, right? I think I've said that to somebody else in the past, but it, it does make sense, right? You cannot put your best foot forward. You cannot win the nation's wars if you're not mentally and physically healthy. So go to medical if you need to get seen, get, you know, get your physical therapy, whatever you need to get yourself back to hundred percent. You know, 
I don't want you, I wouldn't want one of my Marines at like 60% doing an obstacle course or doing a workup for a deployment. You know, I'd rather have a hundred percent. So I'm sure any leadership would, right? So yeah, definitely go, go seek medical if you need it. And uh, I guess the last one I'm going to, we want to touch on is, um, the VA housing, mm-hmm. um, the VA housing benefit that you get. Like if you, if you use yep. that early on, if you use it wisely, and it depends, right? So your situation, if you're interested in potentially renting out your place when you PCS to a new place, I was told yeah. by a few people earlier on in my career, and I really didn't heed the words until later on in my career, but if you're going to use that BA benefit, you can use it and also understand that there's many different ways you can use it. And it's not just mm-hmm. a one-time thing where you buy one house and then it's done. Like you yeah. could potentially buy two or three or four houses with it or multifamily properties, meaning a duplex, uh, mm-hmm. a fourplex where you've got two or three units within one building. Um, right. It's all within the realms of possibility with that, with that benefit. So if you're going to use it and you plan on doing something that's sort of an investment and this is not investment advice. It's not an investment podcast, but it's definitely a great way to set yourself up in the future for a good exit from the military where you can liquidate those assets, or if you want to continue to use them and build that portfolio out, like that's a great way to do it is through that VA benefit of using the VA housing. Absolutely. And I've used mine twice, you know, it worked out pretty smooth as long as you have a realtor that knows what they're doing. But uh, yeah, I fully agree, man. If this is a benefit, you know, for the military for and veterans as well, you know, use that. You know, I know folks who have purchased a duplex. They live in one, rent out the other. Once they go to PCS, they rent out the other one. And uh, now they have, you know, some income coming in, you know, uh, from both being rented out. Um, sometimes I wish I would have kept some of the houses that I had, but uh, it is what it is. You know, I can't turn back the hands of time. But for those who currently have that BAH benefit, use it wisely. You know, don't just throw it away. If you need to rent, you need to rent. You know, there's nothing against that. But, uh, you know, use it wisely. You know, I, many folks I know that have purchased a home and rented out either, even rooms, you know, to folks yeah. uh, or even Airbnb'd the, uh, the rooms. And, uh, you know, it's worked out for them. So as long as you have a strong property manager as well, because that sometimes I've heard some horror stories too. <laughs> don't get me wrong. But, um, yeah, this is a benefit that we have earned being in the military, uh, you know, through the service, definitely use it to your advantage. I agree. Yeah. And if, if you are going to do some outside of the box kind of lending, so to speak, if you're trying to get a duplex or if you're trying to get a four unit building, something Mm -hmm. like that, I just let you know that you want to do your due diligence on your end. So yes, the VA is going to do their part to try to underwrite the loan. They're going to go through the process. They're going to collect the documents and go through the public records to gather Mm -hmm. the information about that property, about the value and everything else. But it's really good idea to also then do it on your own. A lot of the tools that they use are just public access tools. So if you need to search the property and find the property number and find out the value of the property and the zoning Mm -hmm. of the property, things like that. It sounds complicated, but once you look at it, it's really not that hard um, because a lot of times the VA from their end may or may not do all that due diligence and they'll Mm -hmm. deny it just because they don't want to do the footwork. And so if you come to the table with, you know, drawings of the property, the property lines, the, yeah. the tax deed records and things like that. The, the zoning is really a big one. If you're buying a property that's potentially commercial, 
um, you need to look at things like that and bring a lot of that to the table so that mm -hmm. you can save them the, the time and you can save yourself the the stress of them saying, no, we can't give you the loan because it's a commercial property. Personally, mm -hmm. I did my property and it was just happened to be zoned commercial. And I went through a, a couple months of back and forth. At the end of the day, I had to bring a ton of paperwork to mm -hmm. the table, but it was wow. really just doing a little research finding the public records, grabbing that information, and then sending that off to the VA. So I basically did their job for them, but uh, at the end of the day, I got what I wanted. <laughs> I got the loan, I got the house, and then everything worked right. out. So that's right. definitely want yeah. to keep and that I, in mind. I'd say with, um, with buying a house, I would not skimp out on the inspection, just in mm -hmm. case, you know, because you never know, especially now nowadays where like freaking houses were flipping like crazy. Folks are buying distressed properties and, you know, flipping them. I've heard some horror stories about, you know, the like mold inside the houses or like the, there's crap under the, uh, the foundation, you know, and it's just been covered up with paint or something. I even, I spoke to, um, I took a class with, with, with someone and, uh, they happened to be an inspector, VA inspector, right. Or an appraiser. I, I can't recall which one it was, uh, mm -hmm. but she mentioned to me, she's like, if you want to know the inside, if you want to know the realities of a house, go into a closet. And like, look in that closet, because a lot of times these folks, they don't, they update everything, right? Like the nice to haves, like the kitchens, living rooms, but then go into all, into all the closets and look at what the house is really like, you know, look at the foundation under the carpet, stuff like that, pull it up, uh, you know, in the closet, because a lot of folks don't update the closets. So just a little, little tip out there, you know, I didn't know that, you know, I never, I mean, I look in closets, but I never really paid attention to it. Now I think I will. Yeah, so that's uh, that's all we have for this week. Um, any last words you want to throw in there, Victor, or anything you want to add? I will say, you know, th there's a lot of things that I wish I did earlier in my career. Take advantage of your time because you can't get that time back. If you're still a young Marine, soldier, you know, sailor, airman, uh, take advantage of that. Go to as many schools as you want, as you can. The way I looked at it always was, you know, the service, the government, the military is paying me to learn something new. You know, I never looked at it as a bad thing. So I try to jump on as many schools as I could because I always thought of it as a learning experience. So think about it like that. Don't like get pissed off if you get, you know, orders to go PCS or, or TAD somewhere. Think of it as a learning experience. They're paying me to learn something that I would have to pay hundreds or thousands of dollars in the civilian world to go learn, like Lean Six Sigma or things like that. Uh, yeah, take advantage to the fullest extent of all those opportunities. Yeah, and I'll second that. And also don't get too discouraged when you get shot down for a school or for an opportunity mm -hmm. or something yeah. Something you're trying to get into and, and command at the time doesn't have the, the resources to backfill you being gone for a couple of months or whatever. Don't yeah. take it in stride because you have a ton of opportunities out there. Um, I would just really second that and say, if you have it in the back of your mind, if that seed is already planted that you want to go do something in the military mm -hmm. before you get out, or if you want to do something for the long term for your career, like think about it for a few minutes and then just go take action, take, take, uh, take the next step to get to that school or whatever it may be that you're trying to get to. Cause you don't want to go back and look back and be like, I wish I would have went to, you know, special forces yeah. school or something like that. Right. Just go. What's the worst that could happen? You yeah. fell out and then you do something else. So, yeah. And if you don't ask, you'll never get it. So, right. Yeah. The squeaky good, wheel good. always gets That's the oil. 
That's right. That's right. <laughs> cool. Well, that's all we got for this week. And uh, we will come visit you next week where we're going to dig into uh, reasons why we would rejoin the military all over again. So until next time, mm-hmm. we'll talk to you guys later out there in the internet. And thank you for watching. Thank you for supporting us. Yeah. Thank you.